This episode is sponsored by Bedfordshire Hot Tubs. Relaxing in a jacuzzi is the perfect way to keep calm and carry on. Hello and welcome back to Keep Calm and Carry On. How are we all this week? Have we had a good one? How are you getting on with all the kids back at school? For me, it's been an absolute joy to be able to get back to some kind of routine and have a bit of time to do other things. It's been amazing. Good for them too. I think they were so, so ready. So big welcome to our lovely sponsors for this season, uh, Bedfordshire Hot Tubs. Wow, I think my little jacuzzi, or my big jacuzzi, <laughs> has been an absolute godsend. It's been a really, really good saviour for the past year, you know, with uh, with what we've all been through and just to have a bit of joy and we use it so much. My kids love it and so do their friends, actually. So if you guys want to go and check them out, please do at www.bhtubs.co.uk. They're also on Instagram at at bhtubs, um, where you can check out all their latest posts. But um, if you also want to call them up and quote carry on, they will donate to Acting for Others. So if any of you guys are thinking about it, I can't recommend it highly enough because it's amazing. And if you do, call them up and quote carry on and they will do an amazing donation to the Acting for Others charity. So up this week, we have a very special guest, a very good friend of mine. We had this chat a little while ago, just after, or just before actually, we went to into filming a... Uh, a little movie musical, if you like, called Closer Than Ever. And uh, we had a chat, which was so much fun. He's a dear friend. Many of you will have seen him on the I Do... Not I Do Anything. <laughs> Wrong show. On the Joseph show, which, of course, he won. He uh, has been on our screens being... Um, uh, a nurse in Holby, uh, and of course he's a, just a musical delight in shows like Wicked, um, and you will have also seen him releasing his albums and touring as himself. He's a dear friend, I loved chatting to him, and I know you love him too. Here is the wonderful Lou Mead. great of you to come on my podcast thank you so much for being here today it's so lovely to have you how are you doing I'm good I'm looking forward to this it's like chatting to a mate isn't it so it's um it's not really an interview or a, or a podcast to me it's just having a chat <laughs> <laughs> until we start talking about what we had for dinner <laughs> no, how, so how you been I mean how's um how's the last year been for you Is it with the lockdown and you know things being a bit chaotic with with life how's it been God, it's been it's been crazy for us all, isn't it? Absolute madness. Um, yeah. Obviously, on a work front for us, it's been decimated, isn't it? It's theatre mm. and stuff, and um, financially, it's been tough. No income for over a year, and and um, so yeah, I just obviously missed doing what we do yeah. so much. It's a big part of who we are, isn't it? It's not just oh a job. God. And uh, but on the on the positive sides, like Betsy, my, my little one, um, mm. I've I've seen her more this year probably than since she's been born. I mean, like all the holidays, weekends mm. during the week. So it's it's been amazing in that sense. But that constant pressure in the back of your mind is like, oh, when when is work going to start again? Yeah, when can we open up theatres? And I think it's just been the same for anyone in any industry. Survival, isn't it? Really? I mean, yeah. that's that's that that's the honesty of, of what we, we've been going through. So, um, and really how's, how's how's Betsy been? Because obviously, has she been in and out of school? Has she been? She's been, well, yeah. she's been between you and Denise at times. How's that worked? 
Did you have the drama yeah. of the swap in the bubbles at the beginning? I know, yeah. Yeah, that, that, was, that was tricky. I mean, early on, I think it was Michael Gove, because initially parents from separate families weren't allowed to see the children. I was like, that's crazy. Mm. But then my, I think, my, I think um, Gove then spoke up and said, no, no, no if, if you've got a child, then you can travel to be with your children, which is obviously rightly so. And um, But it's been, I mean, the, the regulations have been up and down the whole year, past year and a half, haven't they? Mm. So... But yeah, in terms of, I mean, pretty, pretty, same as your two, probably. Probably, it's uh, they, they. She's found it tough that there's there's periods where she was confused, and, and even the mask wearing thing, bless her, you know, yeah. sort of game, game for seeing people in masks. And I've got a niece, Harriet, who's three, my my, my um sort of brother's daughter, and pretty much she's not going to forget this, you know, th- two three years old, yeah. it, seeing people in masks, you know, and and the last year, so. It's been life changing for all of us, isn't it? And anxiety, if I'm being honest, you know, every other day, not on a major level, but I wake up with that breathing thing of feeling anxious. And it's just it's just been the unknown for us all, isn't it, really? And, and it's been really tough. But I think that the further on we've gone and the more used to it we've got, we're, we're very good at it, I think, as, as sort of a race to adapt. We kind of adapt very quickly, don't we, to, to things. Mm. So got more used to it. But it's, it's definitely changed us, I think forever isn't it oh my goodness yeah I mean have you done any um I mean I went online and did the odd little live stream and did a couple of bits and pieces have you managed to do anything create I mean you I know you went back you've kind of you had the opportunity to to film I guess but did did was there anything that you managed to do creatively through this time well if I'm being nice Carrie the the initial weeks of lockdown I mean I don't know about you but I, I suddenly saw loads of friends and people in the, in the business posting loads of videos and music mm. and songs it's brilliant but I felt this pressure <laughs> yes I thought oh my god I thought oh perhaps I should be doing that as well but, but I was just personally I, I was I didn't feel in any place that I wanted to sing because it's yeah. not like a, it's not like a normal job you've got as you know you've got to be happy and feel good about yourself and mm. I felt I felt pretty low for the first few weeks so and then as time went on I then um I'm now the artistic director of a, a theatre called the Civic Theatre in Chelmsford in Essex and um, it's really exciting actually I produced my first play last year and, and the, wow. the, the trappy, yeah it's quite cool actually but then it all stopped didn't it the lockdown of course closed. yeah 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 but but um, I'm good friends with Ian for the last 20 years that, that runs the theatre and he let me get a film crew into the theatre on the stage and just with my MD Adam Dennis we, we had the piano tunes and mm. I did a few sort of songs yeah about seven or eight numbers that we put out I think it was like last summer or something I saw that I remember you doing mm. that actually that was beautiful yeah. that was really nice. and that, I liked that because exactly like you say you know suddenly we felt like our you know hands have been chopped off and suddenly we all those um comforts that we have when we have lovely sound and lighting and bands and you know people to work with suddenly we didn't have that so to, to do that from home was quite daunting so I love that you went actually into a theatre and were like I can still do this it's yes it's hard without the audience but it's not that we can't do it without the audience it's just that we need you need your props you need your people <laughs> yeah completely and I, I was really lucky because most of the theatres were shut down then and, and it was kind of Ian to let me you know, go in I was so lucky to do that but as I said to you at the start of this chat obviously it's our job financially you know paying the bills but mm. it's it's what we do and we love it to bits and I remember the first song we sung I, I haven't sung for months because I've been at home yeah and we, I, I did bring him home from Les Mis and it's, it's, it's <laughs> going a, easy it's, 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 I know, I know. start easy <laughs> I know, I know, exactly. 
but it's a real, real classic, obviously. And just to get the voice going, I, I kid you not, I'm not ashamed to say, I, 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 started, I started crying. Yeah, I felt, I felt so emotional. Yeah, because I, I hadn't sung out for over almost a year, and uh, I had to stop Adam. I said, I'm so sorry, mate. I just I got, got really choked up. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then you know, got got through that, and, and then it was um, we, we rehearsed for a bit, and then did did, did the filming. But um, it's been really tough, isn't it? It's, um, yeah. But then again, on, on the flip side, you know, I've known you a long time. Very working class family, dad's a postie, and I've got friends that, you know, very normal background. We're also not saving lives. I mean, you think what mm. the NHS have gone through and people yeah. and other people. So I don't want to sound like, oh, look at him being all, you know, but it's, it is a, a passion, isn't it, for us? It's, um, it's, a, it's a whole life, really. It is, yeah, it is. So talking about your family, going back to, to when you were younger, did you have um what kind of got you into into this? I mean, what got what inspired you to do it or how did it all begin for you? Um, well, probably like yourself. I I, I think as a young young boy, I come I, I used to love my football. Um, but as a young seven or eight years old, I used to sort of love the musical theatre films and things. And yeah, I, I just love making people happy as well. I still do now, obviously, but it's, back then it was just trying to make people laugh and just love singing all the time. And But not not, not in a stagey sort of, you know, way. I, I, I just used to love making Nan laugh and sing her songs and stuff. Yeah. And um, my, my clearest memory for me, the moment for me was, um, it must have been about 7 p.m., half six in the evening. And I was about six or seven and mum woke me up and she said hey come downstairs and my, my brother Casey is three years younger was asleep I went downstairs and uh, I never forget it's channel four and we watched uh, Oliver the film oh. and it changed changed my life I was like I just I was absolutely mesmerized by Fagin and all the characters and Oliver and Dodger and and consider yourself and, and you know um you've done the show yourself obviously so you know yeah. it, but, oh I loved but, it <laughs> But I was seven or eight years old, and I was just, and then from then I was just gripped. I, I watched every musical theatre film going, and and uh, you know Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and all, all, all the classics, and Mary Poppins, and and I guess from a young young age, like most kids, I just enjoyed music, and then it didn't happen professionally until very very late. I didn't go to a top London college or anything. I did A levels at Sixth Form College and leisure and tourism, and did, did drama. Uh, joined an amateur group at 16, 17, so I was quite late, and then. Um, got offered a scholarship to a local college in South End, which yeah. wasn't the best college college to be fair to them but um left early and got my first job for Pino cruise ferries yeah as a lead vocalist yeah wow just, and, and it was uh just went on from there really yeah and uh, I mean a start I mean, lots of people do actually come you know start a cruise is, is an amazing I think it's a, like an amazing apprenticeship it's a place where you can really learn the ropes and learn it's not just about it's not just about if you have a voice or not if you can sing a song or if you can perform a song there's so much more than that it's about you know in, interacting with the with the crowd and you know talking about your songs and I I mean that's probably the mm. best training that you could have had oh completely I'm good friends with Tracy Bennett you know Trace and, and yes she's she's a phenomenal I mean she's unbelievable she's she's brilliant. um but did I'm, you I'm see her friends. in Over the Rainbow I did, yeah. Oh my God, I've it never was, seen a performance like, like it. Blew my mind. It was like watching Judy Garland on stage, wasn't it? Oh, it was she was. Um, how she did that eight shows a week, I will never know, and not lose her voice. I will never know. Oh, it's crazy. But but she was saying to me, I mean, I've known Tracy a few years now, and I'm, she's always wanted to do her own show, 
but actually, but I, I'm hoping that mum is saying this, but she's been quite open about it, about being scared to go out. And, and she, she said to me, how do you do it? How do you go out for two hours on your own? Yeah. So I couldn't think, and not play a character. I couldn't think of anything. And it's a good point. It, it's a whole different beast. It's like, you know, it takes time to sort of find your audience and, and um, it's not a case of just going out and singing songs. It, it's connecting in a completely different way, isn't it? It's, um, and don't you find yeah. that develops like with age? I mean, I I found that really daunting to start off with. I mean, I remember going. Oh. Uh, I think you did a little stint at um, the place that I worked at, Potter's Leisure, for a little while, and and oh yeah, I yeah. was so nervous. I wouldn't speak when I was there, and I wouldn't speak between numbers. And it was it's not been until probably the last I don't know, ten fifteen years that I've actually become more confident and more able to do that. And that's such a big part of the show. Absolutely, yeah, completely, and, and it's about, as I said, that connection with the audience. But also, more more than anything, it's not personally. I think you can't go out with scripted banter and and play no. a character. You've got you've got to be yourself, and, and that takes time to, to you know to go in front of an audience for two hours on your own and be yourself. I mean, most of us go into this industry because we love it, but also to hide behind a character. I, I, yeah. me personally, I was very I was very shy as a kid growing up, and that's probably what drew, kind of drew me to being somebody else and playing these characters and then mm. so my, my my first concert was at the Cliff Pavilion in South End, Full which House. Isn't, which isn't a small theatre at all, that's, that's huge no. to do a big gig. It was like hometown, first ever full concert with my show, <laughs> so sold out, there was like 1600 in, I was absolutely petrified and the tour manager at the time, I shouldn't be saying this, but he came into the dressing room five minutes before going, I was physically shaking. I've, this is the only time that I've ever done it before a show. He went drink this, and it was it was a single shot of brandy. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell you what, it, it worked. It worked. <laughs> kind of, kind of calm, I might try that down. first and last time, probably. Although it would make me too nervous that I'd forget everything. Now I think uh, oh, I love no. that. That love that. That's brilliant. So after the cruise, how long was it until you you did the Joseph show? How long is is it until that came up? Um, well, I was like 19 on, on the ferry, yeah. So it was it was a big turning point, actually, because I, I got the first, that job, it was a six-month contract, and, and I was going for loads of auditions for, for about a good eight, nine months, and yeah. I wasn't getting anything. Lots of musicals. I yeah, loads of musicals, loads, loads of stuff. I couldn't, couldn't get a job. I couldn't get anything. So I thought, okay, perhaps it's time to go back to the post office, because I, I was doing summer job there with, with Dad just to get money coming. And I thought, okay, I'm clearly not destined to be doing this. And let's go back to real life, you know? So, mm. but then but then I got a job up in Yorkshire at the Spa Theatre, Bridlington, doing a summer season then, and, and it carried on. And so then I got a job after job and and um, I was in Phantom of the Opera. I had a year contract in Phantom in the ensemble cover row. And um, still, I told the story a few times, but I was literally, it was, a mass, it, it, was, it was like a matinee day and I was in the dressing room. No word of a lie, this is exactly how it happened shared a room with six guys they went out out in between shows for lunch and I had my tuna pasta and I turned on the tv and then Graham Norton pops up and says could you be the next Joseph and it was like a light bulb moment I went yeah 100 <laughs> yes 100%. I could <laughs> I could yeah and then um I I sneakily went to the first six or seven auditions and didn't tell the company manager because I was under contract with Phantom and then it got to a point I got really far in the competition I think it was down to the last 12 or no, no the last 50 sorry I had to, I had to say something and so I told the company manager, they went back to Andrew, who was obviously producing the show as well, Phantom. And luckily, I think because it was his show, Phantom, and because he was doing the, the Joseph competition, that was the only reason they let me out of my contract. Mm. Um, but they did say that if you go for the Joseph programme, unfortunately, we can't 
hold your place at Phantom because they need to give that role to somebody else. To which, somebody which else. Is but it was a massive risk at the time because I got my first mortgage with, with my, my sort of brother Casey. And, um, oh, yeah. We, we, got a little, we got a little flat together. I had no money and I had a mortgage <laughs> to pay. And so financially, it was a massive <laughs> risk as well. You kind of but, have to uh, take those risks early on, though, don't you? I mean, because when you've yeah. got no, you know, and you haven't got your commitments like your family and bits and pieces, you, you can't, that's the time to take those risks, I think. And they, they obviously paid off because then you... You won the show. <laughs> I mean, I, I, that show that show kind of changed your life. Um, it, it just put you suddenly, you know, in people's house, households on mainstream Saturday night television. You were there, and suddenly everybody knew who you were. How mm. how was it? Do you feel like you were ready for it because of you know you were cut, you were looking for this uh, this career in kind of the public eye as such or in shows in a performance did you feel like you were like ready um as opposed to going on something like you know Britain's Got Talent where literally it is somebody that's it's a it's a dream to to perform and to 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 change their life whereas you you wanted to kind of take this path if that makes sense yeah I I I don't think you're ever fully ready for that kind of experience but um you know I'd be lying if I didn't say I, I knew what I was getting into. I was hoping to get some kind of profile yeah. to help my career off the back of it. But I've always said, honestly, it was Joseph was the first musical I saw in South End when I was seven, eight years old. Uh, uh. My nan. And it always went throughout my life. It was my first musical for Bill Camright uh, in the chorus and Pharaoh when I was 20. And and so it always went went throughout my life. And, and I think that that's part of the reason I went on to win, really, because it's all about timing and luck. Yeah you know, and talent, but but it's also that drive and that core thing of really wanting the role went with me the whole way through. So, but yeah, I mean, I think I was 25, 26 at the time. So yeah. a few of the guys were 17, 18. So mm. it was, a, you know, a crazy experience. So I guess on some level I had some experience. So I felt more ready for mm. it to happen. But all the TV side of it and, and you know, suddenly being on Jonathan Ross show or <laughs> all these big, talk shows and it's, yeah. it's crazy yeah but it was such a great time but uh, crazy as well um, was mad. it were you under the same pressure I mean we we were talking about this earlier about you mm. know when you have to deliver and like when you're doing a different song or two or three songs a week to suddenly be live on the television to to get those songs under your belt in that <coughs> in that period of time I mean must have been horrific <laughs> it, it was, it, yeah it was pretty daunting because I think um the, the most we had most weeks were like three songs but you still only had five days and you're going mm. live to sort of 12 million people so yeah. it, was like, it was pretty crazy so the first thing we do is the live shows on the Saturday and then it, 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 uh, on the Sunday afternoon or morning you'd have like a routine session for your songs for that week and then I'd just go back to my flat and just hammer the songs over and over and over and then um but like you know yourself with song learning you've got to be off book and then it's getting to a point a point where you're not conscious of the material so you can yeah. perform it and yeah. connect but it's a whole process isn't it so, mm. so, yeah wow yeah. well I mean we, I mean I loved I loved watching the program and also because it, it felt like it still felt like they weren't it was new you know obviously there was mm. lots after but it felt like it was something new and it felt like something good for our industry I mean it had in people would some people would kick back um about 
say, oh, why are we auditioning, you know, on the television? And but, but yeah. I actually think it was a good thing. I think it brought it brought awareness to our industry. It brought, probably brought lots of people to see the show. So I I, I thought it was a good thing. So leaving leaving the show, um, obviously things changed for you, and big musicals came. Um, you did things like Wicked and Legally and Chitty and how was that a conscious decision to then you know right I'm here now I'm going to use this and start doing the the jobs that I wanted previously yeah I actually took a bit of a risk um so I finished the the run in Joseph and then I think after three or four shows like there's whistle down the wind and a few things are coming in and I was like oh brilliant and my agent was like okay got this part should go for it and I, I said I want to take a few months off he's like you're mad this is the peak of your time <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like what what are you doing I was like um so ever since I was 17 18 I had this dream of studying film and going to New York I, I had this be in my bonnet about wanting to branch out with the tv acting and, and plays and stuff and, mm. and 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 this dream of going to New York so I decided to go to New York for three months and study at the Lee Strasberg School of Acting and it was quite a scary decision because you think, okay, you know, it's a very disposable industry, as you, as you know, and, and people can go on to the next person. And But I went out there and worked on scripts every day. And at the time, I had an amazing time. It was before Betsy was born. It was just incredible. And I came back and I got my first play. It was an um, Oscar Wilde play uh, called Lord Arthur Savile's Crime. I had, I had 147 pages of scripts. And wow. I kid you, it's the hardest thing I've done. And... and um, and then from there, it led on to playing Lofty and Casualty and Holby City. So I don't regret that, that decision. Um, but I tell a funny story how my, my first day of doing Wicked, I came, came to the stage door and, and, and the stage door guy went, I saw, I saw you in a, a poster in Brighton doing that Oscar Wilde play. I thought to myself, are you mad? What, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, cheers. <laughs> it's, quite, it's quite funny. So um, I think it's a bit that. confused. It's a bit confused. <laughs> as to why I wasn't doing a musical you know but but I guess what I'm trying to say is you know you make choices throughout your career and, and your life that make you happy and, and, and what are right for your career and, and at the time I followed my gut and I knew that I had to go and do that course because it, it opened up my kind of acting career yeah oh absolutely and but then you did you know the fact that you did go on and do big shows like Casualty and Holby you know to, to do those those big tv uh, acting roles is is huge isn't it I mean do you find it I feel like musical theatre actors especially it's hard for them to then cross over um mm. to, to be seen for tv and to to be seen for plays and do you think it helped because of of your profile from the from the program Absolutely, yeah. I, I think there, so there's a slight stigma but I think it's getting better. Um, yeah I do, I do. The, the, the exec producer for Casualty and Holby was a guy called uh, Oliver Kent, and um, I think even now Simon Harper, that's in charge down there. You've got sort of Sharon D. Clark and all, yeah. all these great musical theatre actors that are now doing TV, and, and it's it's now changing, which is which is how it should be really. And and um, but the, yeah, the profile definitely helped. But I started to get the job and, yeah. and deliver, and um, it was great really because initially I was up for like Waterloo Road and uh, Robin Hood, the, the part of Robin Hood in, in the BBC drama. I was getting quite far to the last two, but and then the feedback was, the producer said, "Oh, he's got no TV experience, so we, we can't give him the job." And which is really so, hard because how do you get that experience unless someone takes a punt on I you? <laughs> I know. I was like, "Give me, a, give me a break." Do you know what I mean? So mm. 
owe a lot to my career, my TV side to um, Oliver Kent, who, who gave me that chance to play Lofty and, and, and saw that potential. And then uh, it changed. My, again, it was a big wave in my career because it was a big show and there's a lot of people that sort of love that character as well. And, and um, I had a good five years playing him. So it was, it was nice. Five yeah. years. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow, yeah. God, that's gone. I, I, we were speaking to uh, Rita Simmons um, earlier, and she's uh, obviously been in EastEnders for 10 years. And I'm like, how are you in it for 10 years? I thought you were really? in it for like three. <laughs> so, yeah, 10 years, and that time just goes. I mean, what, I guess it's so secure, isn't it? Once you get into a, especially when you've got a family and, and commitments, to, once you get that reliable contract, it's a very different thing to a show because a show you're doing the same thing for eight shows a week and it, it stays the same. Whereas a, as a, a a show like that it changes every day and and you're it's 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 comfortable it's it's um it's reliable so I guess it's it's good to stay in sometimes yeah absolutely I think Betsy was five when I did casualty and then I went to Holby City after but you get weekends off you can go home every night you know yeah it depends on storylines if you're heavily featured you're in 12 hour days but then you might do two two days a week filming so it's yeah. quite good great gig if you're a parent and also that they, they let me time off to do to do concerts and panto at christmas oh, and that's stuff. good so it's quite lucky but then obviously like anything it gets a point where i'm like i don't want to wear scrubs anymore <laughs> <laughs> i want a different costume i want to sing a song <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so um yeah it was, it was a great time though i mean i, I love playing lofty it was just it was brilliant it's such a great character and oh great storylines and yeah great you're so good so good so talking about Betsy um how I, I mean we we're both parents both know how crazy it is how how do you balance it um and you you know you touched on like the, obviously the last year you've had more time and that for me it's been the best thing to actually have that time with my kids that we don't normally get because you're always here there and everywhere how do you mm. balance it I mean how do you one how do you balance it and two it's it, how is it being public with with Betsy as well do you do you keep her away from it or do you are you okay with her being kind of known out there yeah it's a tricky one really because as parents we've got our own way of parenting and and um how how much say this sort of diplomatically it's like, again, <laughs> you know I think we've got different viewpoints on on, on how we raise a child and but yeah, I mean, Betsy has been in the public eye because obviously her mum's in the industry as well and mm. she's done things with her mum and, and shoots and stuff and, and odd premieres and things. And I, I just think it's balanced really in a fine line. And, yeah. and um, the same as her mum, we're, we're both very conscious of not going too far with that. Yeah. At, at, the same, at the same time, you've got to enjoy life and, and, and things that you can do together. So I think it's just balanced really. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, but she, she's growing up so quickly. It's, it's so it's fast. Of, I mean, she's going to be. She turn, turns eleven on the first of May. Oh yeah, my so, god! Which oh is my like, god! It's which mad. is mad. But like most parents, I mean, it's she's she's my whole world, you know. And, and yeah. as much as much as I've worked for over a year because of I've been being shut down, I'm actually dreading going on tour. So or, or, it's going to be amazing to get back to work. But the thought of not seeing her every day is like, oh my god. It's hard, so, isn't it? 
Yes. It's really hard. That's the hardest part, having to be away from them, isn't it? It's so it's hard. It's so hard. And that's, the, I, for me, whenever a contract comes in, that's the first thing I think, well, how long am I going to be away for? You know, what is the commitment of time? It used to be other things, you know. It was like, well, what's the role and what, you know, what this, that and the other. But now it's like, well, how long is it going to take me away for? <laughs> I know, I know. And then you've still got to work, so it's it's a contract, and and mm. and you love what you do. So it's it's just finding that balance, really. And I, I think having family that are supportive as well is a massive thing, isn't it? And yeah, have support. But um, and also I guess they're not going to be young forever. Once they're, they're not. You know, 18, 19, they'll be off. That's it. Not what she be like. I don't want to see you. No. <laughs> no. Get, get, go away. Leave yeah. you alone. <laughs> oh, don't. I can't even think about it. It makes me. Oh God, it breaks my heart. Um, would you do? Would you do any any other more any other more? That's good English, isn't it? Any other reality <laughs> programs? Would you go on like The Jungle or or anything like that? Do you know what? It's it's kind of varied over the years. Like I've been approached to do a few of them, like Dancing on Ice, and I've approached to do The Jungle. I think it was the year after I got divorced, actually, and 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 because it's such a public show. Yeah. I just felt that was way too soon. I was at a place as well. It just didn't feel right to do that, yeah. and. And it may not come round again, but I think all these years on, it's where you're at yourself in, in your life, isn't it? I, I think, yeah. I think, the, I think the jungle. I'm good friends with sort of Nigel Havers and uh, Joe Pasquale that have done the jungle, and, and Matt Willis, and and they've loved it. So I, I don't know. I'm never say never, but I think you know, Strictly would be fun to do one day, maybe. And um, I think, yeah, I'll, I'll be pretty up for it. I mean, there's some things that I perhaps wouldn't want to do or consider like sort of, sort of big brother for me personally yeah it's, 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 it's a it's great too watch. much <laughs> I, I, I love watching the show it's, it's mm. but to be in it personally you know um I think would be for me I, I'd probably struggle yeah Step too far. Uh, I can be quite sensitive at times I, I, I'll be like oh I can't deal with it <laughs> yeah <laughs> no absolutely yeah. and also you're yeah. you're always balancing of it's your career in in the in that in those hands you know you're always like well if people see me like this is it going to damage my my livelihood is it going to you know make yeah. or break my next move um you've got um you've got a, a palladium show coming up which is very exciting um how how do you feel about that i mean you've obviously you've performed at the palladium before wasn't chitty at the palladium no uh i did a tour of chitty for five months yeah but it it wasn't the Palladium with Michael Ball, um, obviously the first, first cast, yeah, but I, I sort of taught it a few years later. But but we've done concerts there ourselves, haven't we? To, um, of course of, we did. Odd one night things. Of course yeah. we have. So is this the first time then that you're going to do your your solo show at a it big theatre yeah. like that? That's really yeah, exciting. I'm, I know, I'm buzzing. I, ca I can't believe it. I mean, it's, it's going to, I'm a bit, bit nervous because obviously it's still coming out of lockdown and I think... Uh, it holds two and a half thousand the Palladium, but because mm. of the show, it's it's before June twenty first. There's up to a thousand tickets only. So, yeah. So, um, but more it's, than anything, you're going to stream it though as well. You're going to film it. That's the plan, I think. Yeah, to to, to sort of you know uh, stream the show. Hopefully, uh, not a live performance, but um, hoping to, to do like a DVD of the show. And then I'm going on tour with the band September October, doing uh, uh, thirty five dates around the UK. <gasps> So wow, that's amazing. Yeah, which is really exciting. But Palladium, I mean, yeah, for anyone, like, it's just, I used to walk past it as a kid with, with mum and dad. And, and yeah. even now, when I'm in London, if I'm like Oxford Circus area or just, I'll, I'll purposely 
take Go a detour just, just to walk past it. I do, I do. I've done it yeah. my whole life, and I still it's... get that feeling when I walk past it of like, oh. Oh, it's iconic. But, but... It's iconic. The people that have been on that stage, people that have, you know, performed in there. It's 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 it's, ma- it's just magic. It's it's brilliant. What's what's been your what's been your toughest moment throughout your career? What's been your hardest moment? Oh, good question. It'll probably have to be like. I think one of them would have been after, after that first first job, that car ferry when I was, was 19. I was so buzzing to get my first paid job. And then that period of eight, nine months of get, literally getting nothing, I've been 15, 20 auditions. Mm. That was really tough. Yeah. Because you, you're so, you know, passionate about having a career and trained. And, and then I wasn't getting, I just wasn't getting anything. And um, yeah. that was probably one of my lowest points. Yeah. That, that was really really hard because you because th- it, then it's those moments i think individually where we then think okay how much do you want this and yeah it's, all, it's also being realistic I, i've always i've always been realistic of my of, of my talent and expectations as well i think the mistake a lot of people can make in any field is not being realistic with how far they can go themselves and and how how good they are or not and, and um i've always been quite honest with myself in that sense like if there's something that I feel is out of my capacity then I'm pretty good at going no that, that that's something that I'm not capable of doing you know so but back then I, I guess that, that inner strength kind of that drive kept me going because I thought no actually I, I can do this I do want a career and I think there's a place for me I, I'm, I'm not sure where yet but so I kept going and then fortunately got that next job in, in Spa Bridlington Theatre. <laughs> <laughs> it's good though. I think you have to be, I think you just have to be a bit level-headed because it can be so, it can be full of ups and downs and, you know, moments oh, yeah. of just crazy highs and massive lows. And, and you have to, you have to rationalise that. You have to deal with it somehow. And I think being level-headed and taking it all as it comes is just, is a way of, is a way of kind of managing it, I think. Absolutely. I, I remember once I was doing the Albert Hall. It was for Salvation Army concert. It's five thousand oh, people. Oh yeah. It's a massive gig, and um, I was like, "Wow, Albert Hall! This is incredible." And then the next night, or two, three nights later, I, I had my show in Billingham or somewhere, or some really small town. <laughs> and, and, and and that gig didn't sell too well. And there's about two hundred people in. I was like, "Okay." I was at <laughs> I was at the Albert Hall like two nights ago, you know. But um, that that's the industry you know and, is, and yeah. every concert every gig every it's just you know it sort of varies isn't it really yeah Changes. have you have you ever um have you ever lost have you ever had any vocal problems have you ever had any kind of lost your voice at, at any crucial time i did actually yeah when, when i was when i was doing the tour of joseph for bill camright i was doing the pharaoh um, it went to South End Clear Civilian and, and I had about 70 people in. Oh, it's always the worst, isn't I know. it? It's always those and, moments. I, I was devastated, yeah, for some reason. I, mean, well, I, I know the main reason, to be frank, it was we did 12 shows a week for a year, which is not normal. Unheard of, really? no, that's unheard <laughs> of. Most, most tours, you know, kind of shows, uh, eight shows a week, aren't they? But mm. that's for now sort of a tough tour, that, isn't it? And we were traveling on your day off on a Sunday from Scotland down to wherever. And, and I was just exhausted and the voice went and I was, I was absolutely devastated. And um, I couldn't go on that week for, 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 for the family and, and friends. And uh, so, yeah, that, that's, that was the only major time that I can 
sort of think I lose my voice really yeah it always just... happens doesn't it at those crucial moments when you've got all your friends <laughs> and family and it's almost like you you power through and you're you're gearing up to those moments because you know you've got all of those people in it's almost just like your voice goes no you've had enough it's too much pressure it's amazing what the pressure will do to your voice oh yeah it, it, it just completely <laughs> it just goes no it just, i'm not doing shut. it <laughs> no not gonna not gonna happen no brandy nothing <laughs> nothing yeah no no brandy there you just have to no. know <laughs> um what's been your what's been your highlight what's been your best moment oh um i mean on a big scale to sing at wembley stadium to 70 odd thousand people for, for the first time it was sort of jason and uh donny osmond and, and, and jason donovan that was that was just, I mean, mind-blowing, really. It was, I've still got the picture in my head. If I close my eyes, I can relive that moment as clear as anything, which wow. which was just amazing. Yeah, just going out and seeing a sea of heads and then singing along and hearing your voice resonate around the <laughs> state, state. It's just, <laughs> and then on the flip side, um, there's been some amazing moments, like... Um, someone who watched over me that play that I produced last year or year before last <sighs> yeah. in Chelmsford it we did it in a small studio space because it's a very intimate play mm. and there must have been about 70 80 people per performance but there was a particular scene a moment in that play I've, I've played this chap um called Adam who's American I had to break down and lose it and you know when you feel like you've nailed a scene and you've really mm. connected and, and you can feel the energy from the audience it felt incredible so yeah and there's been moments like that really wow. and or, or sort of playing the pheasantry jazz club. You know, I play oh, that a lot I love years. the pheasantry. We should do that together. I love the we pheasantry. We should. Yeah. But as you know, it, it makes for a completely different show playing mm. to nine, 90 people to 70,000. So, like, so they're, they're all different experiences, but both amazing and in their own sense, really, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. So coming up, like, you've told us what's next, the, the Palladium, your tour, maybe some more producing. Is there is there anything on your bucket list that you've not done yet that you go I've got before I'm before I'm done I have to do that? Yeah, um, I really hope I can do like a TV drama in the future, like I guess you know good four or five part drama type thing, mm. and, and and do more TV in the future. Yeah, because I had a great time sort of doing Casualty and Holby. It's obviously like a soap sort of long range drama, but it'd be nice to do like a sort of gritty, interesting part for TV. Yeah. Uh, going forward in the future but again it's all about timing and luck and whether you're right for the part isn't it and um but to be honest I've always said that I just going back to, to the sort of Joseph period for me it was a phenomenal experience but I said publicly that I just always wanted 20 30 40 years from now to be having a career and, and doing all the interesting stuff really so yeah. that, that touch wood sort of 15 years on it's still happening so yeah long term I just really hope I can still be working and doing inter interesting stuff really yeah well, I can't let Lee go without asking him my final question that I ask all my special guests. If you could look back on your 20-year-old self and give yourself a piece of advice that you've been given or you would give yourself, what would it be of how to keep calm and carry on? Aside from a brandy. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Which I might take that. That's good. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Have a nice brandy. And uh, yeah, just, I think more than anything, just, in, just enjoy yourself have fun there's, there's a lot to be said for that isn't there just enjoying every experience you have really because you can lose sight of that sometimes and then that's why it's got me through not taking it too seriously as well
Absolutely. Lee, you've been an absolute joy. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I can't wait to see what's coming up. I'll come and see your tour. I'll watch the Palladium and it's just a joy to have you. Thank you so, so much. Oh, thanks, Kerry. Well, that's it. Thank you so much, Lee, for coming on the show. I think Lee is about to go on tour with his own solo show, so please go and check him out. I'm sure all the details are on his website, so go and support him. It will be such a wonderful show. Who knows, I might even drop in and sing a song or two. Thank you so much for the listening it's so wonderful to have you guys with us thank you to bedfordshire hot tubs for sponsoring us this season we really wouldn't have been here without you and of course thank you to my producer martin you're just an absolute dream uh so you guys check in next week it is our season finale i have a very special special episode for you um that was recorded live and uh, there's a few names and faces that you might know Uh, we had a wonderful chat and I can't wait to share it with you Um, and then that's it of season four wow it's gone so fast I've loved every second and honestly I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you guys listening so thank you so much keep uh, keep spreading the word keep telling your friends um, and let's get this podcast out there a little bit more and see if we can go into a season five. That would be delightful. Have a wonderful week doing whatever you're doing. I'm sending you lots of love and remember to keep calm and carry on. Hold up. 